talked about being generous this morning and how it works. You know, I always like to start a lot of these things with, you know, there's words like that, generous, generosity, right, that we kind of use them quick and easy. So it's every now and then it's good to go back to the, uh, you know, the root of all words, the 1972 uh, edition of the American Heritage Dictionary. So <laughs> I went back to my source and I looked it up. And uh, it, the definition of the word generous says characterized by a noble or kindly spirit, liberal in giving, nobility of thought or behavior, marked by abundance. Here's the point, okay? Secular definition. Here's the point, though. You can see from that definition that generosity, being generous, has got a lot more to do than with just being about money, okay, by its definition. It says, characterized by a noble or kindly spirit, nobility of thought or behavior. So what I want us to see is that being generous is not so much in our giving. It's like about the amount of a gift, okay, but it's far more about the attitude of the heart of the one who's giving. So uh, how many of you, uh, I don't know, Middle school now or high school, okay? You know, a thousand years ago when I was in, this all happened, I don't know, in ninth grade or eighth grade. I don't know. Maybe we weren't smart enough to handle it until then. But, you know, who remembers grammar class? Like grammar. Yeah, you know, all the, you know, like in, di in diagramming sentences and all that stuff. Yeah. Do they even do that anymore? I don't know. You know, it's probably old school, okay? But, I mean, it took me forever to get that stuff right, okay? I could, you know, I mean, English is my second language, by the way just so you guys all know, because I'm from Texas, so my native language is Texan, which is quite different. So, I mean, I, I had to learn English, all right? So, you know, it took me a long time to get English grammar down. But, you know, if we, if we talk about, um, uh, you know, there's a subject and, and a verb, right? Okay. Um, well, okay, if I say, well, what's the subject of the Bible? Jesus, Right? We all say, gee, it's God, Jesus, right? It's, it's that, okay? okay? Well, the interesting thing to me is if you think about, well, what's the verb of the Bible? Love. Yeah, love's a, love's a good one, but I, but I, what's that? Well, okay, so let's think about this, okay? And, and it's not that we have to come down to some definitive point, but it's an interesting thing because to me, if, if before I started studying for this, if somebody said, what's the subject? I said, well, we all know that's got to be God and Jesus, right? What's the verb? Well, I would have said without even batting an eyelash, well, it's love, okay? Well, the only, the only thing about that is John 3.16 says that God so loved the world that he gave. So now I realize, depending on how you use the words, I realize love, can, you know, we always like in, in good church, you know, marriage classes, like say love's a verb, right? You know, because it's due, and I agree. And so I'm not, and I'm not trying to create an argument or I'm not trying to start a different thing, but I just want us to understand that, that giving is throughout the Bible. In fact, it's pretty important, isn't it? Because if God had only loved, where would salvation have come from? He'd have been loving, but we'd all been condemned. Okay? Salvation come because he gave. He gave his son. And, and you know what's really cool? Is God's giving has never stopped. Has it? Think about it in our lives. He not only gave Jesus, he not only gave his son, which gave us opportunity for salvation, but let's just think of some real practical things that we have in our lives that are gifts from God. 
He's given us spouses. He's given us jobs. He's given us health. He gives us ministry opportunities. He gives us friends. I mean, there are so many blessings. That list can be endless, right? It can just go on and on. And so what I want to propose to us today, though, is we serve a God who, yes, he loves, but he doesn't just stop with loving. Because I can sit in the bleachers and love. I never have to get my hands dirty in life if I just love. He gives. And give gets you in the game. Give gets your hands dirty. Give gets you involved. So I'd like to, I'd like to propose that we are never more like God than when we give. That's, that's really a big thing. So now, how about us? If, if God gives because he's generous, then like, how generous should we be? Okay, well, you know, there's a really good definition for that in the Bible. And that's found in 2 Corinthians 9, verses 6 through 11. Lays it out real clear. There's some things in Scripture that we could say, well, you know, it's kind of left sort of gray, and, you know, we kind of need to interpret it for ourselves. Nah, this is one of them that's just really, really clear. Okay, so let's look at it together. So you can follow up here, 2 Corinthians 9, 6 to 11. If you've got your Bible, turn to that. But it says, remember this, it says, whoever sows sparingly reaps sparingly. Whoever sows generously reaps generously. Each man should give what he is determined in his heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion. For God loves cheerful giving. And God is able to make all grace abound to you so that in all things at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. As it is written, he has scattered his gifts, abro uh, scattered his gifts abroad to the poor. His righteousness endures forever. Now, he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will also supply and increase your store of seed and enlarge the harvest of your righteousness. You will be made rich in every occasion so that you can be generous on every occasion. And through us, your generosity will result in thanksgiving to God. God is looking for people that he can channel resources through. Now, I want to be really clear. This is not about to turn into some prosperity gospel kind of message. Because okay? that's all about like an ATM. Like we, we play God like a, like a slot machine. And that's not it at all. This is not about rewards. You know what? You know what generosity is? Generosity, remember we said, it's an attitude of the heart. Okay? This is not about what I get. This is about the opportunity to give. Okay? So we can, we can actually talk about this and feel good about it. Okay? Because this isn't... Just, you know, like, I want my red Corvette. So what do I do to get it? Okay? But think about this. This says here, in these verses, I mean, this is God's word. This isn't an opinion. This isn't some poll that we took, and this is what everybody wishes was true. This is God's word. It says that you that when, when you sow generously, you reap generously, and it says then, that you will be made rich in every way so that you can be generous on every occasion. That's just not sometimes. It says generous on every occasion. And that through that generosity, it will result in praise to God. Think about this. God, if, if God puts some money in your pocket, okay, he will do it because he can trust you with it. And that part of what you are called to do is to be generous with it 
Not so that everybody says, oh, how good are you? They do it, you give it so that it says it will bring praise and thanksgiving to God. But look, I realize that if God wants to put some, you know, put a 20 in the hands of a guy over here, I realize he could just reach in his pocket and boom, there's a 20. I mean, I understand God could do that, right? Okay, but I don't hear those stories very often. What I hear a lot more stories of is somebody sees that guy who needs some food or that single mom who needs a tank full of gas. You see what I'm saying? And somebody pulls up alongside and says, here, I want to do this for you. I feel like I don't know why. I don't even normally do this. But today, for some reason, God told me to come over here and do this. May I do it? That's how it does. And who gets the praise? I'm here because God called me over here. If you tell him why you're there, he gets the praise. Look, if we'll take that step of faith and we'll move into generous living, then God, who is generous, will reward us. Not so we can have all the money. No, okay. But he will reward us so that we can be even more of a blessing to others. Okay, look, I'm not, this isn't the time for us, you know, this isn't where we're going to hold up our hands. This isn't some where we show off. Okay. But I'm going to, so I'm just going to ask you, but you don't have to respond. I just want you to think about it. Have you ever been generous with somebody? I mean, you know, you, you don't need to respond. Understand, but where in your heart, you know you've done a generous thing for somebody. Did it make you feel good? Did you regret it? I know the answer to that. You didn't regret it. You never regretted it. It made you, it made you warm inside. It made you feel good. It made you feel good because you know you met a need. And you know what? Some of the most, the most blessing we ever get is when we've been generous with somebody who we know can never. That's what God's looking for. That's right. That's right. We're because, it, listen, it's not, you know, it's like the thing about we've talked before. I'm not going to be honorable to somebody because they deserve it. I'm going to be honorable because I'm honorable. I'm not going to be generous to somebody because, oh, I know they've, look, there's been some times we pull up along some curb and there's a guy, and honestly, I don't know. He's got the sign, you know, and sometimes it looks a little, franchised to me, you know. And there's times I can drive right by, but there's times I've just felt like I'm supposed to, that guy I'm supposed to give some money to. Now, I don't know. I don't know whatever happened, right? But you know what? It wasn't about that. It was about I felt in my heart I was supposed to give it. What happens after that is not, you see what I mean? That's, that's not my deal. The deal for me was to do the giving. And, and so... What we've got to understand is that this generosity that God's calling us to is not one that always comes with a lot of accountability or any thanks. It, it just comes out of obedience because we just, we, God tugged us, we're obedient, and he says, well, if you'll be that way and you'll do it richly, I'll just, I'll just keep giving you opportunities. I'll just keep giving you opportunities. Well, okay, but I want us to understand that the God who wants us to live generously and he wants to give us more opportunities is just exactly the opposite of what the enemy wants for you. 
We need to understand that the enemy wants you to live in fear. The enemy wants you to believe that if you were to step out and act generously, you'll run out. You won't have enough. That, that you, you'll run short for what your needs are. And if he can't quite get you there, he'll at the very least try and get you to say, well, let's not do it today. Let's, let, let, let's hold off and, and maybe we'll help, we'll help later. Okay? Only problem with that is Proverbs 3.28 says, don't say to your neighbor, come back tomorrow. I'll give it to you then when you have it with you now. Look, God gives us resources and puts it in our heart to do things generous with them, but he expects us to do it now. He expects us to do it when he's, when he's tugging on us, not on some future date when we think it's more convenient. Because the enemy will make sure that convenient day never comes. Okay? It's interesting what happens because Proverbs 11, boy, the, verse, the Bible is just so full of this of information and direction for us here. Proverbs 11, 24 and 25 says that one man gives freely, yet he gains even more. Another one withholds unduly, but he comes to poverty. A generous man prospers, and he who refreshes others will himself be refreshed. Let me turn this into really daily language, okay? What this says is, is that your generosity will define your experience, okay? The more you grasp and hoard, the more you'll need. The more you grasp and hoard, the more you'll need. The more you give freely and generously, those people find that they are happier, healthier, experience continual blessing, and, as the Bible says, continued refreshing. Those who refresh others will, again, themselves be refreshed. So, here at South Oaks, we say it almost every Sunday when we're given our morning tithes and offerings, right, that we want to give out of thankful and generous hearts because we have been blessed. We have been blessed. So if we want to, if we really believe that, then let's talk about how can we live generous lives. What would that actually look like? Well, first thing I want to ask you is what are some ways people try to be generous? What are some things people do to try and be generous? Volunteer. What else? Help others? What are some very specific things people can do to be generous? Yeah, take a bag of groceries, right? I mean, there's, there's really simple, practical things, right, that people, that we can all do. Different sizes, different ways, but there's things we can do. So obviously, one of the things we can do to be generous is to be generous with our money. Okay, now we said it's not just about money, but it is also about money. No, I mean, and, and I want to give you, and I'm not going to apologize to you ever for talking about money, and I'll tell you one of the reasons. I don't go look for it in the Bible, but guess what? The Bible talks about money just about as much as it talks about anything else. Okay? So, you know, there's other things that are important, but money's important too. Okay? And if it weren't, God wouldn't have talked so much about it. So we need to talk about it too. We can't ignore it if we want to really be all God's created us to be. Okay, so now, let's be practical for a minute. If God is calling us to be generous and live generous lives, will we all agree that's scriptural? Okay, okay. And that part of that generosity that we're called to exhibit is with money, then that means we first 
have to get some money. Right? I can't be generous with money if my pockets are empty. So I got to get some money. So that's really the issue then, is, is if we got to get some, the point that we want to look at first is we need to acquire money God's way. All right? Now, this is interesting. Let's go look at Matthew 6, verses 25 to 33. Matthew 6, 25 to 33. It's a passage you may have read a lot of times, but I want to make sure you see it in light of generosity. Therefore, I tell you, don't worry about your life, what you're going to eat or drink, about your body or what you're going to wear. Is not life more than food and isn't body more than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They don't sow, reap, or store away in barns. But your heavenly Father feeds them. And aren't you more valuable than birds? Can any of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your life? And why do you worry about your clothes? You see the flowers, how they grow in the field. They don't labor or spin. And yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of these. If this is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and gone tomorrow, thrown in the fire, will he not more clothe you, O you of little faith? So don't worry saying, well, what will we eat or what will we wear or what will we drink? For the pagans run after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. Now, don't miss that. Sometimes we stop with the, like, that's just bad people. Okay, it, like well, I'm not supposed to need clothes and food. No, it says the pagans run after it. But your heavenly father knows that you need it. Okay, so it's not bad stuff. But what is it telling us right there not to do? It's telling us that the pagans run after it. Okay, then what does it say? It says, but seek first His kingdom, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Let me tell you what that says. It says, don't run after money. What it says is run after God. It says run after God. Because if you'll pursue God, what that says is then money will pursue you. Does that make sense? It says seek first the kingdom of God. Now that doesn't mean don't go to work. That doesn't mean we just sit back on a hillside and look at the flowers. Okay? But but there is a difference between work and what we pursue in our hearts. Okay? We pursue God and it says then that God God can bring money to you. This is not prosperity talk. This is about the attitude and focus of our heart. But here is the facts. The fact is that when you pursue God, your financial situation will change. And I have news for you. It could change overnight. Now, people go, oh, are you talking about winning the lottery? No, I'm not talking about winning the lottery. That would be sinful as far as I'm concerned. I don't think gambling is right. Okay, but here's what I am telling you. We have a biblical example of it. We have the Israelites, children of God, living in Egypt, in bondage and in poverty. 24 hours later, one day later, they are free and they are wealthy because God 
predisposed a whole bunch of people to want to just bless them and let them go. Now, you know, there's a lot of ways. All I can say is we serve a God. If you ever want to have something fun to do, go through the Bible and look for all the times it says the word suddenly. There's a lot of suddenlies in the Bible, okay? And, and they all have to do with something getting better, okay? They, it was this way, and suddenly, because whatever it was, God acted. God did something, and suddenly things changed. God can change your situation overnight. How he'll do it, I don't know. God's way more creative than I am. But what I can tell you is this, is that it starts with us being generous towards God and pursuing him. And then God comes and knows that he can trust us. Look, here's the hard part. Here's the hardest thing I'm going to say to you today. But I'm going to say it. To be generous, the place to start regarding your money is to be generous towards God, and that begins with giving a tithe. That's just, that is the, that is the scriptural beginning. Matthew, uh, Malachi 3 Verses 8 through 12 tells us that. It says, will a, will a mere mortal rob God? Yet you rob me. But you ask, how are we robbing you? In tithes and offerings. You're under a curse, your whole nation, because you're robbing me. Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house. Test me in this, says the Lord, and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that there will not be room enough to store it. Now, this is an agricultural economy at the time, so let's read it and understand it. It says, I will prevent pests from devouring your crops, and the vines in your fields will not drop their fruit before it's ripe, says the Lord. Then all nations will call you blessed, and your land will be a delightful land, says the Lord Almighty. You know, today we might say, you know what? When you honor God with a tithe, you may not get caught up in the next downsizing. When you honor God with a tithe, that old beater you're driving just keeps running. I mean, I don't know what it, you know, when you honor God with a tithe, the water heater that's 25 years old and ought to break somehow keeps heating water. I, I, am, not, I, I am not here telling you that when you honor God with a tithe, everybody gets rich. You understand? That, that is false theology. But what I am telling you is, you know what, really, I, I think that I really think the definition of rich is, it's just having enough. You, you know what I mean? I mean, there's a lot of people in this world who don't have enough. How many kids are there in the world? I mean, if we know, right, you know, I mean, I think Pastor Cindy mentioned the other week, there's a lot of kids in the world who don't have a pair of shoes, right? There's millions of people in the world who don't have clean water to drink. I don't care what you make. You look rich to those folks. See what I mean? Okay, so all I'm telling us is that, is that God, you know, not everybody's got a rosy marriage. Sometimes marriage is hard. Okay? But you know what? When but God gets you through. I mean, I'm just, I'm just telling you that when we honor God with a tithe, it says he he keeps the devourer away. And that what the devourer, that's the enemy, right? And what he does is eat up and destroy. Kill, steal, and destroy. And that can be physical things. That can be relationships. That can be all, that's every area of your life. When, when, and, and guys, 
This is not about, you know, the church needs money. I mean, I want to be really clear. I am not talking about this because I'm about to say, let's pass the plate. No, I mean, that would be wrong. I would never, that would be manipulative. I'm talking about tithing for your benefit. I'm talking about it for you, okay? The person that's blessed when you tithe, and that means 10% of your income. That is what a tithe means. You can play any other game you want. Scripturally, it's 10% of your income. When you do that, here's what the enemy wants you to believe is you won't have enough, that what remains will not cover your expenses. I'm here to tell you that when I finally learned to tithe years and years ago, I found out that whatever I needed, I had. I have never, since I started tithing a long time ago, I, have, I don't care what else is going on, raising kids, all the expenses, and I mean, you know, I never once got to a month where I didn't have enough. Now, I've had some months where I was, <laughs> I had about two nickels left. But you know what? That was two nickels. My God's faithful. I've told some of you a story before. There was one time when, when you know, I mean, we all in our earlier lives don't make as much money as we do later in life, hopefully, right? But I'll, I'll tell you the truth. There was a story once it happened to me. Some of you have been here long enough. You've heard me tell this before. But I was driving an old 1979 Chevy Malibu that I don't know when I bought it. It had a whole lot of miles on it, okay? And, uh, and I, was, I got paid once a month. And it got down to about four days, five days left in the month. And I didn't have any money left. I mean, I had some food in the fridge, and I had, you know, I had food, I had, but I didn't have any cash left, okay? And my, my gas tank was sitting just like, you know, just right above the E-line, and I didn't have any money to go buy gas. And I'm an adult. I'm a young adult, and I was determined I wasn't going to go call my mom and dad and beg for money. I just thought I shouldn't have to do that, you know? And so I just prayed, and I said, Lord, I need to get to work every day this week. I don't know. I mean, you know, it was like 10 miles away, so it was 20 miles round trip. I mean, that E-line... That, that, that didn't a whole lot of miles, you know. All I can tell you is I drove all week. I didn't go anywhere else. Now, I didn't go running around at night. I drove to work. I didn't leave for lunch. I didn't have any money anyway. Drove right back, put my car on the driveway, and for that whole week, I drove to work on E. Praise God. Praise God. Okay, look, all I'm just telling you, I don't know why, you know, I, I don't think I, like, just, I, I just know I trusted God. And all I want to encourage you to do is trust God. It's hard to start. I mean, if somebody said, I, I agree with you, but it is hard to start, I want to agree with you. Yes, it is hard to start. It was hard for me to start. Because the enemy constantly tells you it won't be enough. He constantly will give you things to spend your money on that look so much more important. Because if I go get a new TV, now I'm going to be silly for a second, but if I go get a new TV, I see the immediate benefits. HD. You know? Right? I mean, you, it's, it's one of those things I can go spend some money on and I can immediately get pleasure from. Right? When I give my tithe, I mean, I don't always, I don't, I don't, you know what I mean? It's not like you get something right back. It, because it's not about getting, is it? See, that's the problem, is people look and think, well, what will I get back? 
Well, but that's not what God's called me to do. God's called me to give out of obedience to trust him because if he's my source and provider. And here's why this is so important. Matthew 6, 21, it says very clearly, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. God wants the first 10% out of our paychecks, not for his good. My God owns the cattle on a thousand hills. My God created everything that is. In fact, my God gave me the job that lets me earn the money. You see what I mean? That lets me give some back to him that he already owns because he, I wouldn't have the job to have the money if God hadn't given it to me. Do you understand? I mean, look, this is really not some Sunday school hyperbole. This is real, isn't it? I mean, the only reason you have any money is because you have health and a job, which is a gift from God. So when he says, I want a tithe, it's 10%, we ought to all be the first in the line going, let's sign me up. Because, because it's God's money anyway. And then when he says that I'll ma- I will protect you when you honor me with that tithe, that the devourer, that your crops won't fail, you know, the thing in Malachi, right? You know, I'm just telling you, it, God, is a, God honors his word. But it requires faith. We actually have to step into it. We actually have to step into it. Look, tithing isn't for God. He's got a lot of ways to get money besides from you or me. Okay? But let me tell you what tithing does. It works selfishness and greed out of our hearts. That's what it's there to do. Putting God first takes faith to believe that the remaining money after the tithe will be enough. And as I told you a minute ago, all I can tell you is my testimony, and that is it will be. It will be. It will be enough. Other thing tithing does, it gets back to that generosity thing. That's why it's a big deal, part of generosity. What tithing does is it demonstrates to God that he can trust you, that you can handle greater financial resources without those resources destroying you. Lots of stories. We won't spend a lot of time, but there are lots of stories. People who win these big lottery payoffs. Go read their, go read their story sometime. There aren't very many happy endings. Okay? Because, look, there's a, lot, there's a lot of NFL players. It's well known, well documented. The vast majority of NFL players are broke and bankrupt within a couple of years after stopping their careers. Why? It's not because they're bad people necessarily. That's, it's not a good or bad guy kind of thing. It's because they were never trained. They don't have the character to handle the resources. Okay? One of the reasons we tithe is it, it demonstrates a discipline, a trust in God where he says, you know what? I can trust you with more. Look, I can put more in your hands because I'm not going to give you something that's going to hurt you. And if giving you more resources is going to ruin you, is going to destroy you because you haven't developed the character to handle it, he, he's not going to give it to you because he's mean. He's not going to give it to you because he loves you too much to do that. But he's also saying he's calling us to be generous. And so he's looking for people who will, who will step out in faith, walk in a generous heart, will act and trust him with their resources. And then he says, I'm looking for folks like you because what the world needs, there's a ton of need out there. I want to channel resources to get to their hands, to funnel it into their hands. And I'd like to use you, but I'm not going to ruin you and destroy you in the process. 
faithful in little, faithful in much. Okay, now, once we get tithing in place, then we can move on to giving. Giving. Giving is where the fun's at. Giving, giving is beyond what God's called us to do. Giving is, is something God allows us to do over and beyond a tithe. We can give to missions. We can give to dig a freshwater well in India. We can give to a local food shelf. We can give to fill up somebody's gas tank with set or buy somebody a bag of groceries. We can go help a single mom by buying her some school shoes for her kids. I mean, we can, we can give. It doesn't matter the amount. It's not about the amount. It's about the condition of the heart when we give. Proverbs 19.17 says that giving to the poor is lending to the Lord. Giving to the, Lord, giving to the poor is lending to the Lord. He will reward him for what he has done. When you give money to the poor, God himself plans to pay you back. That's an IOU you can count on. Okay, look, I just want to leave you on this money topic with let's just determine to live generously with our money. Look, Start, start with a buck. Start with five. But start. Start start stepping out. Move. I, I had a friend a number of years ago who we talked about the tithing thing, and he said, man, right now, I mean, I honestly, I can't with my current expenses. I mean, I, I, I have a car and a rent and a, I mean, right now, if I started tithing, I'm in a position where I, 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 I can't. I mean, I can't even pay the bills I have, much less, you know, say I won't buy any new clothes or something. I said, okay, well, let, let's at least do this. Start. Get as close as you can. I mean, show, you know, show God, okay? And, and I, it's a long story, but I got to tell you, in a really quick amount of time, once he started doing, he started, God turned things around really fast. Because, because it, it wasn't that he, you know, it's not like that 10% like put him over in the winner's circle. Because again, it's not the amount. It was the condition of the heart. He, he determined in his heart he was going to start tithing. And I mean, it's a true story. And just God miraculously changed things, like almost overnight. It wasn't overnight, but it was really close. And I, so I just want, I want to see you there, and I want to encourage you to be there. Okay, that's money. We be generous with our money. The second area is let's be generous with our time. You know, if you know someone that's sick or injured or unemployed in any kind of need, right, time. You can make a meal. You could offer to clean their house. You could uh, go rake their leaves or cut their grass for them. You know, uh, you can go volunteer at a homeless shelter. You can go work at a women's shelter. I mean, there are so many things with our time that we can be generous with. I'll give you a really hard one. Be generous with your time. willing to listen. We get impatient really easily with people. We kind of want them to tell us the Cliff Notes version of everything that goes on. Because we want them to hurry up and be done, usually so we can talk. You know, might be the most generous thing you could do today, or this week, would be just to listen to somebody till they're done. Don't interrupt them. Just enjoy hearing them tell their you never know. It might be the most kind and generous thing you could do for the person seeking to talk to them. A lot of people who got nobody to talk to, or they got nobody who will listen to them. That could be your biggest gift.
accept the generosity and to listen to somebody that feels that way. To be generous with your time and prayer. We could all agree <laughs> there's plenty of things that need praying about. But a lot of times we rush through it because we're busy. We need to be generous with God with our time and prayer. To be generous with our time reading his word. We all like to say, well, I had a little time in the Word this morning. Good for you. But did you spend enough time for, you know, the Word to get in you? Right? I got in the Word, but is the Word in me? Right? Sometimes you need to spend enough time for it to actually work itself in and get in you. Be generous with your time in God's Word. Last, be generous with time with your kids. If they're at home and you're raising young'uns, great. You'll... You know, look, any of us, we were all children once, right? None of us, no matter, and I, and I, and I pray you had good parents. I mean, I, I hope you did. If you did I, I realize a lot of folks didn't. I mean, I understand that, okay? But just no matter what your situation is, there was somebody older than you, a mom or dad or somebody that you probably really looked up to and really liked. And did you ever think, man, I'm spending way too much time with them? Boy, I wish they wouldn't spend so much time playing with me, right? You couldn't wait. Right? I mean, whether it's my mom or my dad or my grandparents, I mean, I, I, I never once thought, man, you know, way too much time. You know, we, we be generous with our time because when we spend time with our kids and we're generous with that, it pays back a lifetime of blessing for us and what we're doing. Proverbs 22.6 promises that you can train a child up in the ways he goes. When he's old, he won't depart from it. A lot of us who've got older kids have seen them be close to the Lord, maybe move way. Maybe, you know, not terrible, but just not quite where we wish they were. Okay? And man, that's when you learn this verse real well. Because you start praying, Lord, we did our best. We've trained them up in the way they should go. You've said <laughs> your part of the deal is when they get old, they won't depart from it. Lord, pull them back. I want to see my kids back with you. It happens. It happens. I can, I can testify to that. Maybe some of you can too. And if it hadn't yet, keep praying. I'm telling you, you will see it. God's word is true all the time. Claim that verse. Okay, so how you spend your money indicates the priorities of your heart. How you spend your time is going to indicate where you're going to be headed in life because it shows what your priorities are with, with your time. Last area, real quick, is I want you to be generous with your heart. Generous with your heart. Luke 6, 37 to 39 says, Don't judge, and you will not be judged. Don't condemn, you won't be condemned. Forgive, you'll be forgiven. Give, it will be given to you. A good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, will be poured into your lap. Get this, for with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. Be generous with your heart. Hey, be generous with encouragement. Be generous with forgiveness. I want to be forgiven. You want to be forgiven. Well, the way to be forgiven is to forgive. It says right there, with the same measure you use, it will be measured to you. If you're not experiencing forgiveness in your life, you need to check yourself. Who have I not forgiven? You don't have any friends? Who have I reached out to try to be a friend to? Be kind. Be generous with your love. I don't know anybody that's ever said, oh, please, I, I'm loved too much. Please, hold back. Don't, 
show me any more love. I'm just overwhelmed with love. We, we are all so busy, and all this message is really about today is God has called us to a heart of generosity, a heart of generous living. I, I don't want you to be stuck on the money part. I want you to understand it's important, but it's not the only piece. Our heart and our time will probably have more to do with the joy in our life than money will ever have. Right? Money, money won't buy you joy, love, happiness, and heart and being generous with your time. Remember, the more you're willing to give it away, the more you're willing to give it to others, the more God will pour love, joy, and forgiveness into their means, into your life. Because it says very clearly, with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. Today, really simple. Can everybody stand and let's close. And here's what I just want us to do. I want, you to, I want you to take a second. I want you just to examine yourself in those three areas. Generous with money, generous with time, generous with your heart. Just let God, ask God if he's got anything he wants to tell you about any of those three areas. Just listen to him for a second. And I just want to ask you today, who's, who's ready to commit? Maybe you're already there, so you can confirm it. Who's ready to commit to living generously, to taking a step in the direction of living generously with our money, with our time, with our heart? If you're ready to commit to that, to beginning on that path, to step out, just raise your hand. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Lord, today, you've seen our hearts. Lord, you've seen our hands. But honestly, more importantly, Lord, you've seen our hearts. God, our desire, Father, is we know that we have been blessed by you so richly, so fully, so regularly, so completely, in so many ways, God, that if we stopped and wrote it down, it would take days. But God, today, what we want to do is we just want to take a stand that says, Lord, we want to be generous with you. Lord, we want to start living more generous lifestyle, Father, with not only with our money, Lord, but with our time and our heart. Just as, Father, we want to be that vessel that you can funnel resources through. Lord, it says so that we can help people on every occasion, Lord, under every circumstance. And that, Lord, by doing so, because we will be sent by you, that honor and glory will be brought back to you. Oh, God, we want to be those. So, Lord, today we commit ourselves to walking in the spirit of generosity. In Jesus' precious and holy name.